Hello and welcome to Greedo Shot First. I'm Benjamin Light. And I am Marcus Sparks. And we're back because we feel like it. Mm-hmm. We got some Star Wars stuff to talk about. Yeah. There's the Vanity Fair article that's a few weeks old. There's some new Battlefront video game stuff and just some general conversation. The Vanity Fair pictorials, like, these are my nerdy Sports Illustrated swimsuit issues. I love these things. It comes once every few years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like going back to like, no matter what your feelings are on the the prequels now, like that first like picture spread from from Phantom Menace was fucking awesome. Like the Obi Wan and like Darth Maul. <laughs> that in the didn't air. happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But just talk about like nerd boner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a pretty good cover story. I don't know. It's weird. Like. For whatever reason, they're like really bringing in Mark Hamill a lot to do press. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he's going to be in the next movie, but I kind of sense that like it's convenient to like just have Mark Hamill be Mark Hamill in interviews because he'll do it. Because he'll do it, and he can give a fun anecdote or two, and you don't really have to get into the plot of anything. Because he's know? a great big ham, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I even watched like the the force or change video where he was like pranking people mm-hmm. and he's got some great like ad libs there where they're there. People are acting out the thing where Ray hands out the lightsaber and they don't realize they're acting opposite Mark Hamill. And then he flips back the hood and he's like, that's supposed to come of a hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like they're definitely using him in a way in the press to get away from having to delve into the movie itself too much. Mm sooner or later like they can probably do this for the last jedi by the time they get to episode nine i feel like the whole like withholding thing as a marketing strategy might have run its course like i feel like it's kind of already sort of run its course and they just don't want to acknowledge it yet well i mean i think you would just do the usual trilogy thing where it's like we're looking forward to wrapping up the story you know blah 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 yeah i mean i understand why they don't want to oversaturate and whatnot but Sometimes I'd almost rather they don't say anything rather than like, all right, we're here's our thing where we have these like two practiced uh, talking points that we can say and nothing else, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like to me, like if it was just like pictures and nothing else, I'd be very satisfied still. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really even need to know that much about the production otherwise. Like Adam, what's his face says? Just a poster. Yeah, That's just a poster. Need. That is a great poster. Still really love the poster. Um, uh, so do you want to talk about the photos at all of Vanity Fair? Or do you want to talk about Battlefront? Let's talk about the game real quick because we just watched that trailer. Um, uh-huh. What did you think? It looks fun. Um, I didn't buy or play the first one mm-hmm. because it looked kind of uh, thin, I guess, content wise. Um, it was only multiplayer. I don't generally play multiplayer video games. Because I'm not 12 years old and I don't have enough time to practice. Like if I try to play those, I just get my ass kicked because mm. it's like I'm never going to be as good as like people who have all day to practice on them. So mm. this new one has an actual campaign mode, which is encouraging. So I guess I had two thoughts that initially came to me of that that trailer, which is a great trailer. I think I think it's looking like fun. Um, one, I don't know what the general storyline is because it seems like it's all over the place. I know you had like that main female character but like there's some shit happening in that thing that's play- playable characters from presumably before 
she's around oh like, yeah like prequel, crosses over everywhere yeah naboo stuff i think that's all multiplayer that secondly stuff. watching that trailer i'm gonna say that i'm more excited for whatever the fuck's going on there and i'll probably never play this game than i was for all of rogue one mm-hmm. like that the graphics because i saw the thing where it said this is real game engine footage the graphics there you could easily do like animated star wars movies like straight to dvd or whatever with those graphics oh yeah definitely yeah, it looks better than Rebels, that's for sure. Yeah. Because um, I hate that animation style with Rebels. I, I hate it. I hate it. I also hated the Clone Wars style animation. I couldn't stand that either. Um, oh, oh, we had the same day for Lonely One. I mean, I yeah. I, I actually prefer the the Samurai Jack-ish yeah, yeah, Clone yeah. Wars one a lot more. Like old cel-shaded style. Yeah. Yeah, the video game looks good. I thought it was interesting that they're showing so much of the the feed on Naboo uh, mm-hmm. playground or you know arena or whatever. I don't know. I, a lot of people were like really mad that there was no prequel stuff in the first Battlefront. So it kind of feels like this trailer is a little bit of like an appeasement to them to be like, look, guys, there's more ships. There's prequel stuff, uh, which I don't really care about one way or the other. I mean, to me, it's like if you're into a multiplayer game, you probably just want a lot of good maps to play on. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like lots of cool environments. Uh, which I, my sense was that there was not enough of that in the old one. Like I know there's a lot of DLC, but like the game shipped with like four different planets that you got to be on, mm. which is kind of weak. Mm. Like I feel like a multiplayer game should have like twelve or something. You know, like you need a Minimum, lot there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it looks fun. I might actually get this one. We'll see. I have lots of video games I've already purchased and not played, so I don't know if, how soon I'll get around to it. But I like. I've always liked Star Wars games in general, um, like the old Super Nintendo games like super star wars super empire i don't know if you ever played any of those mm, i remember watching you tear it up on the, on the, the starfighter whatever what was that oh uh the rogue squadron games for gamecube yeah, yeah 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 those games are a lot of fun the third one is a little iffy because they like they added in like you outside your ship just like running around and it looked like you're ice skating everywhere like the animation <laughs> you know um but i remember like you could unlock watching you play you could unlock in that first one like the nubian starfighter there was like a secret code because there were there was a place where you could enter in like codes just in general, but mm. like there was a secret code that they programmed in like a year because the game came out like a year before Phantom Menace, mm. and it was like a year later. It's like oh by the way, here's a special code you can put in that nobody had cracked because he had to put like two different codes in at the mm. same time, and it was like boom now you can play as a new Boo Starfighter, and that was pretty sweet. Cool, cool. Yeah, I would totally be down for another Starfighter type game like a Rogue Squadron game. Especially with modern graphics and everything. Yeah. I know they're also making a um some sort of like uncharted esque type game. Like one of the uh lady's name's Amy, Amy Hennig, one of like the co producers or directors, I'm not sure what the title is, but one of like the lead creative people on the Uncharted games left that company to do to join uh, EA for the Star Wars game. It's like this big game they've been working on for like three years. It's still it's not like it's going to be another year before it comes out, but mm. uh, sooner or later there'll be some sort of Star Wars game that's kind of Uncharted esque, it sounds like. Could they utilize Nolan North as all the voices? He might be in it. I know he's like mentioned because like he knows all the Uncharted people. So I think he's like mentioned it in interviews, but it's unclear whether or not he's actually in it. <laughs> but yeah. That would be awesome. I don't know how you could ask that guy, hey, what games do you have coming out this year? Because he's like, I don't know, like 500? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah, that looks like fun. Um, 
I know a lot of people are into the whole Knights of the Old Republic one. I never played that one myself, so I've never been a big fan of that whole uh, era, I guess, of Star Wars. But I know yeah. a lot of people are into that and the whole Darth Reaven thing and whatnot. Darth Bane, Darth some other hardcore old sounding word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Darth Rictus. Was there a Darth Rictus? I don't think oh, It so. sounds like it would be a yeah, Darth yeah, name. Yeah. yeah. Darth Grimace. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Darth Tyrannus. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that game looks fun. We'll see if never, I ever get in it. never did much of Darth Tyrannus, did we? Like, they say it, like, what, maybe twice? Do they say it? <laughs> in the movies? I think they say it maybe twice. When? Probably at the end of episode two. They say, two. like, Lord Tyrannus or something yeah, at the end of episode two, Probably, maybe? yeah, probably just once or twice. Um... While we're on that, um, we had a request from one of our listeners. I believe this was the new Fringe. I would like to know what we think of prequel memes and uh, the Jar Jar Sith theory. Now, you're not super familiar with prequel memes, although I did try to explain it to you. Well, I I mean, to some extent, it's self-explanatory. I mean, I was listening to Love It or Leave It on the way over here. Mm Mm-hmm. Of which they have a debate of the wording of this is how liberty dies oh, the yes. thunderous applause mm-hmm. com, uh, coupled with is it the post the Washington Post where like their thing is democracy yeah. dies in darkness yeah something yeah. like that yeah so we're living in prequel times so <laughs> <laughs> I know there's an actual R prequel means which is what the new French reference is I don't really go there myself I mean it's it's just a lot of like prequel shit posting I assume mm. um. I don't know. I enjoy them. I I think the reason like George Lucas's dialogue may not always be the greatest, but the, it, it kind of, it's like an earworm type of thing where you tend to remember it, especially mm-hmm. the better stuff. Like the, uh, you know, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis, the wise, it's probably like his best writing in the entire prequel. So I feel like there's a reason you'd remember that specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, people love doing variations on that. God, I was watching that scene recently and I was just like, it's so good and yet so frustrating at the same time because I feel like like with a couple minor variations, you could make that whole movie so much better. Cause like Anakin the whole time has this like clueless deer in the headlights look on his face through that whole scene. But if if he was like if if he played it as kind of like he knew where this was going mm-hmm. and was playing coy about it, that scene would be so much more interesting. Anakin is a manic pixie angry white asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like if if he played it with a certain amount of knowing and like oh is there a way to learn this power you know like mm. like as he some guile it, some guile yeah like and they're both kind of like feeling each other out in that scene it would be really really good I mean it's a good scene as it is but man like if you gave Anakin a little more brains a little more uh, cleverness Anakin well the thing about George Lucas I think is that. It's like you, you can't go out and do like a purposely bad movie. It just falls flat. Mm-hmm. Some movies that you love because like Jim Cotta is is a you can never try to make that. It's movie. a wonderful it just movie happens. because yeah. somebody thought it was a great movie, and that's kind of the thing with George Lucas. You know, there is some nostalgia there, but the the shit that's so bad that it's iconically wonderful is because well, it's like Jar Jar. Who who could ever yeah. create a Jar Jar character? Like, just like, oh, I'm going to make a bad character. Like, I don't think you could do it. I think if you, like, there's like a short movie to be made of like Lucas is about, like, sitting in his room and he's about to have the idea for Jar Jar and like a time traveler comes from 15 years in the future and he's like, George, 
don't create this character. It's terrible. You're shooting yourself in the foot. And that same person comes back from like 10 years in his own future. And is like, no, George, create the character. He's wonderful. <laughs> he might be a Sith Lord secretly. The internet told me that. Yeah. So how do you feel about the uh, the Darth Jar Jar theory? What do you mean he's a Sith Lord? I mean, uh, this is not like a new theory though, right? People have been like joking about this kind of thing off and on for a while. It came about sometime around the release of The Force Awakens, maybe a little bit before, but yeah, it's been around for about a couple of years now. Whatever. I, th- um, I think it's stupid personally. Um, until they give me like the uh, uh, Owen and Baru like charred skeleton action figure for Jar Jar. I'm okay. personally not a huge fan of like fan theories in general like oh shit don't tell our podcast i know don't <laughs> don't tell benjamin light about that no um it's something about like especially if it's like here's like a, a movie series that's already been out there and done with and then someone's just like i have this crazy fan theory like dumbledore's death or whatever like i don't know that kind of stuff it's like eh, it's kind of interesting but it's i feel like you get to a point where it's like the story is something you're trying to solve rather than enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, like it's they're fun, I guess, just to kind of like joke around with. But I'm never super into like really delving deeply and being like, oh, my God, is Jar Jar is a mastermind the whole time. Like a, to me, like it's just like a it's a joke with like a three second punchline, yeah. like half life. And then it's like, all right, moving on now. I mean, if this was a TV show. I feel like that's a that's a theory or something you could read. It could be embedded. It could be a slow burn. But like for a movie series where you get three every couple of years and then there's like a 10 to 15 year gap. I don't have time for this. Yeah. Like I was watching. Something. I mean, let's Ahmed Best personally is starting yeah. these theories. I was watching something recently. Are you aware of uh, there's like a theory about the last season of Sherlock that there is a secret fourth episode? Have you heard anything no, about that? No. It was insane. It was like taking these like various hints about like, like like there's the bit in the one with uh, Toby Jones Mm -hmm. where uh, Sherlock has hidden a bunch of microphones. He goes, Oh, they always stop at three and then everything to look more than three. And Mm -hmm. so people are taking that and a few other things. I mean, like there's a secret fourth episode. It's actually this other show called like apple tree, something or other um, that they, it was like some other BBC show and BBC show in production. And they're like, this is secretly the fourth episode of season four of Sherlock in it. Like the previous episodes were bad intentionally and it's all going to be explained by this one episode. And it's like, yeah, that didn't happen. Like that season was just bad. Well, first of all, no one does anything bad intentionally. I know. <laughs> also, that would be outrageously expensive. I know <laughs> it's such a dumb theory, but it's like people need to have, you know, it's like they've invested so much time in something that they need there to be this, amazingly complex labyrinthine explanation for things well you remember how the ending of seinfeld was only so they could take a year off and then resume yeah. the show mm-hmm. <laughs> oh you know it's like on you know pll or other podcasters really crazy deep theories out there where like people will write like these like two three thousand word theories explaining something and it's like it's probably not going to be that detailed on the show right <laughs> but yeah i don't theories when it comes to star wars um I know there's like some recent controversy because Ryan Johnson basically said like, yeah, like they pretty much handed episode eight off to me and like I did my thing and like there's no huge master plan or anything. And people are like, what are you talking about? How how can they not do that? What about the story group? And as I suspected, 
the story group's just kind of there to clean up after the fact is the, the impression I got from the interviews after the fact. Cause that like caused like a mini controversy because people like, they like to believe that this is some master plan narrative where, you know, the story group are just these like weavers of this massive meta narrative uh, and control well, everything. When And I think that's probably, you know, something you can tell because of the fact that the, the people who would tell you how important the story group is like starts with Pablo Hidalgo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, the impression I've always had is that Ryan Johnson knew more or less where episode seven was going to end. And it was like, all right, you take it from here. Mm-hmm. And he did his thing. And I, I know they said he came back and asked for a few changes in episode seven, just for stuff he wanted in there. And it's going to be really interesting when we see the last edit to see what were those things. Like I could see the Knights of Ren being one of those things mm-hmm. or I could see the Knights of Ren like never being mentioned again other than like uh, uh you know novelizations and whatnot after the fact I feel like this is like an argument against like like anti-automation or something because we need creative voices that's why talent is so important in these things like you can't just have an equation and some corporate executives like planning out your trilogy well, yeah see the dark universe yeah yeah, yeah exactly well, like, who do you want planning your story do you want ryan johnson and jj abrams and lawrence kazan or do you want pablo hidalgo and a bunch of other story group people who've not really have any like major credits to their name you know? yeah yeah but yeah, I mean, like, you know, whenever the, that, the writer course, and director changes each yeah. movie, it's like there's not that much. Well, the downside of that would be Colin Trevorrow. We don't know what we're going to get there. You know, like we, yeah. we have a lot more confidence in Ryan Johnson, but they did the same thing pretty much on the original trilogy, mm-hmm. which. Um, but you I still th- had George Lucas. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, that, that is true. Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> But there is a lot of inconsistency still. Like, I, I wouldn't actually be surprised if there is less inconsistency now just because they have a story group to at least, like, try to keep an eye on things. Right. Because, like, Leia's Luke's sister, like, makes no sense at all. Like, that obviously was not decided until Return of the Jedi. Just Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Even accepting the, um, the you know, twin-cest stuff mm-hmm. going on there, she doesn't make sense, like, with the backstory she'd been given or anything. It still doesn't make sense. Like the whole like, why is she a princess? Because her mom was a queen, but how would she know that? So was she a also a princess of Alderaan? Like it It would imply that what's his name? Turtleneck was a you know a king. Yeah, a he was a senator though. Yeah. yeah, it makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> king Senator. And it only got more confusing with the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> king Senator Turtleneck. Go tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know they they fix all those continuity errors in Spaceballs, obviously. Um, I'm I'm just still hoping that they're like, by the way, like this isn't a trilogy. Like we're doing like two more movies, and it's like a, a, a pentology or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. um, I would love to hang out with these characters for more than three movies. Yeah, yeah, or just you know, kick us right into like just the Poe side movie, or the Finn side movie, or Ray side movie. Though I don't know, oh, I feel like Ray is is a star of this trilogy. So she totally is, yeah, yeah. But I feel like you could do a more kind of like military centric episode or or side movie or whatever. Where it's just like it's like Poe and his commandos or something. Like, and here's a mission they have to go do. I just and do it good, not the Rogue One way. I would say, like to me, I know the movies are called Star Wars, but if you're just doing something militaristic. And you're not including 
whatever the hand wavy spirituality of the Jedi or whatever, it's not it's not Star Wars. I think he can still do it. I just think Rogue One is a bad example of it. Hmm. One of the things I really liked about do you remember when this podcast started way a long time ago? And you you wrote up your treatment for episode seven. Uh-huh. I love that your main character was like not military, really. Like he was just some dude who got thrown into it. Like you need that element. It yeah. can't just be all like commandos and pilots and whatever. Well, that, that's why if you're going to do it, I think you need characters like Poe and Finn who are kind of like ridiculous matinee serial type characters and not like hardened military. You know, still still both soldiers, though. Still trained soldiers. True. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're the kind of soldiers that are much more fun on screen than some kind of like bullshit John Wayne. Thing. Well, you have to it's a fine line to walk between like the the seat of your pants nature of like Star Wars military operations, mm-hmm. you know, and not being kind of ridiculously unrealistic. Yeah. Um but also don't don't and I think I think I feel like retroactively the Rogue One people heard my complaint because the bullshit with like the guy who's blind and like maybe he has something to do with the force, but yeah. not really. Yeah, I mean that was so dumb. And the other guy's like a soldier of the Jedi, but like not really. Like they were like trying to like have both ways, but poorly. It was half assed, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I still think the Rogue Squadron TV show needs to happen. It's just sitting there. It's waiting for you, Lucasfilm, whenever you want it. Well, I think you could do something very interesting there where you do have their perspective on these spiritual matters of, and I don't usually like spiritual stuff in shows, but like (laughs) Star Wars spiritual matters and get their realistic like take on it. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think you could do stuff without Jedi. It just requires better writing than what we've got i mean like the rogue squadron books there's very little to do with the jedi in those and they still work well Mm. you know um they just need to have fun you know that's like Mm. you you don't want the fucking grim military character who like kills his own contacts because he's so grim and dark and all that bullshit you know Mm. anyhow we're complaining about rogue one again that's okay fuck that movie yeah it's, I mean, to it's me, a war movie, so you're not supposed to care about the characters. I mean, have we shit on the prequels? Yes, we've also praised them. To me, Rogue One's the worst Star Wars movie. I uh, I saw it twice in the theater, and mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, I'll go see it a second time just to be sure." I did not buy the Blu-ray. I did not even pirate it. Like, I'm just like, if I never see that movie again, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. I I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> I don't miss anything from it. Yeah. I think I think in time that movie there's a certain segment of Star Wars fans who are gonna jerk off over it because like, oh my god, we got to see Vader be a badass and it was a war movie. But I think most fans are kind of blah to it. I liked like the the three seconds of Darth Maul being a badass and Thee that I saw in that game trailer. Mm-hmm. Then I liked the whole Vader sequence. I mean, granted the characters are dead, so there's not much you can do with them, but I don't really sense a lot of interest in the Star Wars fandom for like, oh man, really need more stories about Jin or Cassian, you know, like, no, thank you. I had high hopes for Jin. I had no hopes whatsoever. And, and he still let me down Cassian. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had high hopes for Jin. God, she sucked. Jin in the trailer to me was a lot cooler than Jin in the movie. I rebel. Turns out she does not. But see, like if they kept that in the movie, we would hate it. And then like, I don't know, 10 years later, <laughs> it's a prequel meme yeah it's a prequel meme 
Yeah, what is even like the quotable dialogue from that movie? Uh, Something from what's his name from the Dark Knight mumble mouthing it. That character was bad too. Yeah, like whose idea was it to be like? I'm not that crazy about that actor. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I, I he was amusing in the Dark Knight, but yeah, but like whose idea was it to have the villain be like a middle manager? Like. uh for all the people who are like that bloodline show on Netflix is good. First of all, I don't give a fuck about the plot of it, but like the guy from early edition slash uh, the high school Paul football Taylor. show. Yeah, I don't, whatever. But also, guy from Dark Knight Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, Ben Mendelsohn. Pass. Um, I'd rather watch uh, Donald Glover's Lando mustache have a movie of its own than anything of Ben Mendelsohn. Do you mean Donald Glover? Yeah. Okay. I just like it's the like Donal Logue. I just like how Tina Fey pronounces it. It's actually pronounced Donal Glover. Mm. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Vanity Fair a little bit and some Star Wars stuff we are into. Yeah. I'm trying to think, is there any other Star Wars stuff? Oh, the Han Solo stuff recently. We were talking about that off air a little. Um, the mustache? The Lando mustache. There have been like some leaked shots from the set of like some speeders and whatnot i don't know i to be honest i'm like not super interested like i don't need to know like what like I, i'm interested to see the dude in like the han solo get up but other than that like mm-hmm. i don't need to see like set shots or like oh look there's some x-wings or, or whatever you know yeah. like i'll just wait for the trailer for that the only thing i really really like about this photo of donald glover with from the distance it looks like a hawaiian shirt it's like a donald duck shirt where he has the mustache is it looks like he's like starring in like a Magnum PI movie to me <laughs> in this picture <laughs> with Woody Harrelson? Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see what Woody Harrelson will look like, like what his outfit well, and costume is going to be. He'll either be balding or wear a comical wig. <laughs> I think he's going to be bald. That's my prediction. There might be a uh, bottle of alcohol in his hand half the time. That might be a removable thing for the action figure. You know what I what I really like, if at all possible, like. Can there not be like a dumb like space weed joke with Woody? Like if we can avoid that, I think they're on the right track. I was rewatching some of Lord of the Rings recently and like all the really bad like, oh, the hobbits like smoking weed jokes are just like they're so bad. They're so painful. Here comes Imperial Senator Jeff Sessions attacking Woody's space weed. Somebody needs to tell Peter Jackson like it's just tobacco. It's, It's not pot. You ass. Anyway, Vanity Fair. Oh, God. Imagine if Peter Jackson was doing a Star Wars movie. That's like the worst thing ever. He is such a bad director. Oh, imagine, my God. Rewatching those movies, he is such a hack. Imagine the slow motion that he would do. It's not even good slow motion. It's like he shot it in 24 frames per second and then slowed it down later. So it looks all jerky. And uh, <laughs> God, can't stand him. Yeah. So I had added levels of not feeling well in the theater when I watched the Hobbit movie. Mm-hmm. But it's a bad movie and then also it's so jerky i'm like all right well let's do vanity fair do you have the article up i do so the first photo there i have what i have had this tab open on my laptop for like weeks nice <laughs> we got ray and luke standing in front of one of those like kind of like weird stone hut things they look like they're about to drop like the illest mixtape of all time if you put a parental advisory sticker in the corner of this i would buy this album Ray's still in the outfit we saw her at the end of uh, The Force Awakens. There's a lot of debate over, like, does she have a new outfit besides this? Because I know there's, like, 
in the what was it? It was like box art or something like that. There's like a there's some sort of publicity art that they put out where it's like her and Finn and Poe. Like the longer hair. And she's she has like her hair down and she seems to be wearing a different outfit in that. So maybe we'll see something else that they're like just hanging on to. Mm. Um but yeah, Luke's got his usual look. Uh, and then he's got a glove on, uh, like a leather glove, which I guess this is the hand that's touching the books in the trailer. Mm. It appears to be the case. Uh, but yeah, that looks cool. That's on Skellig Michael or or wherever they shot it. Mm-hmm. I know they went and shot not on the island, but just on like the coast region there. Mm-hmm. I think it was a lot easier for them to shoot on the coast. And so yeah, they just yeah. went and built a bunch of sets there. So interested to see that. It's like it sounded like it's a pain in the ass to actually go shoot on that island and like walk up the stairs. And well, isn't it like you can only get there certain times of the year anyway. Yeah, you can only go certain times of the year anyways, and the lighting was all iffy because you're like on an island in the middle of the ocean. And I mean, I like you actually had to literally walk up a bunch of steps. <laughs> I like that to a certain degree because it's like you know they talk about when they have like CGI performers you're acting opposite, and they have to give you something so you can as the actor personally feel the performance, oh, yeah. I get the, the distance this would instill in an actor to like, go do these scenes. But, um, my favorite photo is actually the next one. The next one. Yeah. It's a lot of controversy about this photo. I don't know if you're aware of this. Is it? Cause, um, apparently some of these photos, like she's, uh, cleavagey. She appears to have a boobs. Yeah. God um, forbid she'd be a woman. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Boobgate online. This was, <laughs> Uh, this is Ray here. She's got her kind of outer tonic vest thing off and she just has her like her shirt on. It's funny to me. Like, I feel like if you go just go like walk down the street or or go to like a random college, you're going to see girls dressed like this all over the place. I mean, it's essentially just a V-neck T-shirt. That right fits. now, yeah. there is some conservative principal who wants to send Ray home for wearing this outfit to no, school. No, no, there's nothing wrong. <laughs> this is like a totally normal outfit that women would wear. I think part of it is... I think people are worried that like Ray will have like the Padme midriff bearing moment or like the princess Leia bikini moment where like suddenly she's turned into just like, yeah, sexualized, like, you know, male gay situation, which I don't think they'll be doing since she's the lead character. It's her story. No, Um, but I think Star Wars has never been super good at like, like it's like women in Star Wars in the past are always like, you know, shirts buttoned up to the collar mm-hmm. or like gold bikini. It's like there's not a lot of in between. Well, like uh, uh, Carrie Fisher in the tape down breasts in uh, episode four. She's Carrie, or in, in episode five, she's all very, you know, vest like and yeah, vests and and you know, it's like it's like a, a woman in Star Wars is like completely not sexualized to the point where it's like barely even acknowledged she's a woman, mm-hmm. and then suddenly gold bikini, like you know, bare midriff, uh, dominatrix <laughs> outfit while you're not seducing Anakin Skywalker type situation. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I think this is a, a perfectly acceptable level of sexy while she's being this badass warrior and novice. It's totally normal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would rather this than like a gold bikini. Well, I think um, this is this is actually like them allowing a female character to be a female mm-hmm. and not like either over-sexualize or under-sexualize or just treat her like a normal woman, you know? Well, and the thing is, because, you know, this is this is a trilogy where it's... It's easier for a lot of parents to to share with their daughter as mm-hmm. here's a role model who is like you. Um, the most important thing is not what some asshole, like some male audience member thinks when they come and see this. It's like that Ray is unashamed. 
you know, yeah. of being this person here. Well, and there's nothing to like, that's a totally normal outfit. Like girls have boobs, you know, like yeah. that's just, you know, sorry. Um, and sometimes they wear these weird arm wrappings. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's a cool look. She's still got her hair up there. So the three buns, it definitely feels like either the, we're all seeing act one or act one and act two, but there's like another Ray look coming that might not be till late in the film. Um, really curious to know, like, how far into the movie it is before we get that look. But I mean, uh, I've become more and more of a Daisy Ridley fan and more intrigued by what she does. Like, you know, I'm more likely to see Murder on Express for her mm-hmm. than I am for my long Hercule Poirot thing or my long love of train wrecks. Your long love of uh, Johnny Depp. <laughs> I can't wait to see everyone stab him to death. Um, I did not just spoil the movie. Um, but I love this shot. Uh, <laughs> nice. I love this, this this shot of her in action. Like it looks she's like like in concentration, like eyes closed. Maybe like she's almost meditating as she practices the routine. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, it looks like uh she could be practicing here. I mean, there's no v- villain in the scene, obviously. So But I mean we saw that thing in the trailer where they panned around the thing and she's obviously just doing movements. Mm-hmm. Um this is how for whoever she's gonna have a big climatic lightsaber fight with at the end of the movie, this is how you pay off skills, mm-hmm. you know. Or Ray didn't get enough training. She's a Mary Sue. I'm very upset. And then the next picture where she's just uh she's just chilling in her pilots. Yeah, hanging out with Chewie there in the Falcon. Also, nerds, like this is a great shot of the controls of the Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit with Harrison Ford where like his whole like advice is like every switch does something. Yeah. You know. Like and it, he has like a a weird zen about acting on the Falcon where it really seems maybe it's because he's a pilot too, mm. that it really seems like he knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a key detail. I never really think about the fact that he is such an airplane nerd, but mm-hmm. just, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm just thinking of that thing when she like unplugs the one thing in the Falcon <laughs> in, the, in the first one. And she's just like, I bypassed the thing. <laughs> I just want to know what's Chewie doing. Like, I'm really curious because there's a lot of rumors that like they might not ever leave. Um, Theed or uh, not Theed, uh, Octu, or they might not yeah. leave Octu until way late in the film. So, in the, in the end, there might even be a time jump in there as well. Episode eight, Octu, baby. I yeah. just wonder what's Chewie doing? Is he just like working on the Falcon the whole time? That's kind of sad. I mean, he's got he's got R two, but I, well, it's I not like know. he's playing chess, space chess with R two. I mean, maybe Luke comes to help him out, like. Ray gets some independent study or something, you know, like he needs someone to talk to. He doesn't yeah. have Han. Yeah. Also, this is the closest we'll, we really get to like a Chewie making like a derp face. <laughs> there is something about the Chewbacca costume, no matter how accurate they get it, it never really looks quite the same. I think it's more an issue with the lighting than anything else. Yeah. Like Chewbacca's costume was never meant to be in like HD. No, it looks better in motion for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it always looks a little weird in, in still photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, again, boob gate. But God forbid. Oh she's, no, she's got a V-neck shirt on. She's a little bit slumped in her chair and she has breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, she also looks like a stone cold badass in that picture. Yeah, too. she's got the blaster holster. Did she have that? I'm just saying she's got she's got a cold gaze. Like, mm-hmm. like she's daring you to fuck with her. Uh, no, I don't think we've seen the blaster holster. She, she had, I thought she had it just tucked into the back of her belt. Yeah, previously, although I she's had this up, belt in the previous pictures in the Vanity Fair thing, but I don't know if I've seen the lightsaber dangling there. Yeah, I'll have to check that for a moment. Uh, the next one, of course, 
We get the general mm-hmm. as well as uh, Poe and Finn, and then just like off in the corner, Rose. Like, hey guys, I'm here too. Well, to me, this this image is stark, not just because it's a cool image of these other characters and this whole other storyline, but like you're gonna read everything into it. But like, just Carrie Fisher off to the side just reminds me that sadly she's gone. I know it's super depressing. That that was like the main takeaway I had in this whole article is just like how depressing and and how raw it still is. Like a lot of the interviews were done not long after she passed away. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Ray did actually have that holster there at the end. Okay. Because for a while she just had it tucked in her back, but yeah, that's a cool fucking gun too. I hope th- I hope that becomes her iconic gun mm. that she always has it. Um, but yeah, Poe and Finn there just total bros. <laughs> it is kind of funny that Rose is just kind of off to the side. Um, like I she's mean, laughing at their their uh, performative masculinity. It's as far as we know, Rose and Finn spend a lot of time together, mm-hmm. um, but and yet they're still like, hey everyone, it's Finn and Poe. Yeah. These dudes are awesome. And then BBA just chilling. Yeah. Did you know there's going to be an evil BB-8 in uh, like an Empire, the First Order version of BB-8 in The Last Jedi? I didn't. That's pretty cool. Are it's they like fight? BB-9E, I think is the name or something. Are they going like, to just like rub up against each other? I don't know what's going to happen, but evil BB-8, thumbs up. Well, would evil BB-8 give you like the laser like middle finger? I wonder if it has like a laser or something. Like I feel like it, it does evil things, you know. <laughs> Is BBH just like laser thumbs off, and then the other one's like laser middle yeah, finger. Laser middle finger. <laughs> can't wait to see more BBH. Yeah, I can't wait for Bill Hader and the other guy to figure out their evil <laughs> chirp chirp sounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rose is interesting. She's got just kind of like a mustard brown jumpsuit on. Um well, all of this reminds me of like when we rewatched the original trilogy on the podcast, just how much we were desperate for them to keep this kind of lived in dirty, <laughs> gross version of this world. Well, the, which obviously the is a stark contrast to the next uh, photo. Earth but, tones, yeah. yeah. Which obviously is a stark contrast to the next photo, but just the fact that they look like they get filthy <laughs> and work long hours. It's a nice jacket for uh, Poe there. Got a nice new leather jacket. Blaster. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a little more of a, just a normal like jacket you would see anywhere compared to the one he sacrificed for his boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, The Leia look is very cool. This is like general chic. Well, she kind of got stuck in just some like random jumpsuits. Like I think Carrie Fisher joked that she looked like a gas station attendant in the previous <laughs> movie. But yeah, she's she's a little more regal here with like the high collar and the the robes and whatnot. Well, and I think it's it's, it's key. Like I know that was probably somebody's idea. Well, she's a general. She has to dress like a gas station yeah, attendant. Yeah. But it's like really you whatever whatever your look you choose as a general is your look. I kind of wonder if they consciously didn't want to try to like do like the new crazy Leia haircut or something, you right. know? Like I wonder if they just like wanted to get away from that and be like her character's not going to be defined by like her new weird outfit that she's wearing. But I mean, she can be a badass effective general and still be, you know, feminized. Yeah. Yeah. Well now I feel like now she can, you know, like it was like, they didn't want to steer too much into that in the first movie. Also, she's a, she's a widow now time to bring the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Rose, apparently we learned from this article has a sister named Paige Mm. who is a gunner on one of the resistant ships. I feel like that means that Rose's sister is going to die at some point in the movie. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't like, and I, it's not just because 
like she's a female character. I feel like if Poe had a brother, Poe's brother's gonna die type mm-hmm. of thing. You know, like these extra relations, like they're just they're just waiting to die for character development, pretty much. Um, yeah, her her hair is weird too. Maybe it's the bangs, but so it looks like the actress playing Paige is a musician. Mm-hmm. And done quite a few movies in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the next shot here, we have like the the people of Canto Bight Casino. All these weird formal tires with aliens and whatnot. Oh, this, we've seen a little bit of this already. This is more what I wanted the Capitol and the Hunger Games to look like. Mm, uh, book accurate. I, mean, I would say that the, the what you saw in the Hunger Games is sort of book accurate, but um, this is still what I wanted yeah. it to look like. <laughs> well, they got some weird fucking people here. They sure do. I love that the one lady's got like an eye patch. I think that, or it could just be sunglasses. I don't know, but yeah, she's got mm. something weird over her eye there. Um, it's lots of blacks and whites, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Not not a ton of color. It's it's kind of tuxedo esque. Some of these looks, yeah, like black tie ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this will be interesting. I know Finn and Rose show up here. We know from like spy photos and whatnot mm-hmm. at the Canto Bike Casino. So interested to see how this works and everything. I mean, we haven't really seen. I mean, there's like that whole opera thing mm-hmm. in Revenge of the Sith, but other than that, we haven't really seen this kind of like high society look. Just this one lady's dress, like this. Edgar Gorey meets Picasso-esque. The black and white like eyeballs. Like pattern design, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I love it, the the way they fit in uh, humanoids with mm-hmm. like the only vaguely humanoid aliens and still keep them in that kind of theme of just regal and fashionable. And there's this little guy that the uh, Neil Scanlon is holding. Mm. I don't know what that is. I don't know is if that that's one of those pork things or what. With the mouth, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got another shot of them. Sorry, I'm talking about this lady, her outfit. The oh, okay. The, the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's like she has no arms. Yeah. And like it's wrapped around her in a weird way. Yeah, that's a really strange look. Uh, like, I'd love to see her walk in it. I wonder if that's where we'll meet Admiral Hodo or Vice Admiral Holdo. Lauren Dern. Lauren Dern. I don't know. Um, yeah, we got old fucking crotchety ass Anthony Daniels here in his three PO costume. I like. I, I like whenever BB-8 just pops up in the back. BB-8's all leaning over a little bit. Like, hey, hey, what's going on over there? Are we taking a photo? Mm-hmm. Get me in it. Yeah, it's just you know the nerds who run. Nice shot of uh, droids. the next one there. Uh, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Ryan Johnson, and Kathleen Kennedy just chilling. Well, anytime you can have Mark Hamill like towering over anyone, yeah, relish it because he's like four and a half feet tall. I like how uh, Kathleen Kennedy is just like totally lounging in that chair. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you even have like the, the dogs there, like Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher's dogs. <laughs> interesting i don't know what that is behind them and it's just like where people want to speculate oh does this mean they have a scene together like mark and carrie or, or no um much debate over whether or not they'll have a scene together because mm. uh unfortunately if they don't have one in this movie they won't have one yeah it did sound like they they gave the impression that like princess leia slash general leia was going to be a big part of episode nine 
and they had to do some changes because of that. So mm-hmm. that's too bad. Mm-hmm. Especially as it relates to Kylo Ren, I would imagine like it. I would assume that at some point they were going to want Kylo Ren and his mother to have a scene together. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we'll get that now. Which would have been a nice counterpoint to the end of the original trilogy is to have, you know, a boy and his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to kill her off screen, right? I mean, I don't know what why they're going to do. Wouldn't Leia show up to whatever's going on? Yeah, I, I'm really curious as to know what they're going to do. If, if they'll try to do something in episode eight or if she'll still be alive and healthy at the end of episode eight and then something in between. I'm going on vacation. Yeah, it's a weird looking like ship design or something in the background there for that one. And then like, so the next photo hitting hardest, of mm-hmm. course, is uh, Carrie Fisher with her daughter. Yeah, Lieutenant Cadel Connix is her name. Mm-hmm. Interesting name. Billy Lord, yeah. The Resistance outfits, or I guess that's Resistance mm-hmm. and not Republic, but yeah. They're just saying they just have like the little insignia. For the Rebellion? It's very... Very minimalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a simple stamp there and a rank badge. I wonder if we'll see more of Billy Lord in the ninth one. Like, I feel like if I were Colin Trevorrow, I would want her, you know, if nothing else, to be sort of like that, like wedge esque, like background character who's just all around. Or maybe they'll do the full Jedi thing where everyone just goes promoted to the general. Yeah, there you go. Oh, General you know, Connix. From lieutenant straight to general. Uh, then, of course, we have Mark and Carrie mm-hmm. just really shoving the knife in. Well, this picture is such the the portrait for, like, our grief, though, because there yeah. he is, like, looking very loving, and he's downward turned face, and she's just staring right at us. Yeah, she has this piercing stare right at the camera. Very cool costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get Vice Admiral Holdo with her pink hair and her kind of lavender gown. Definitely not what you'd expect from a vice admiral. I assume this is like someone from uh, like the the center of the Republic or something like that. You know, like yeah, one of the arist- aristocratic people. I'm just curious about could there still be some kind of uh, animosity between the Resistance and the Republic? Just because you know the First Order blew up like seven planets, you'd think you'd all be on the same page now. You would think, but I I would also see a chance for a real power grab there. You know, true. But I do mean, you, do you? There's a war on now. Do you let this ragtag resistance run the show, or is it like okay on them? Yeah. Now we're taking over. You know, we're joining the war. We're going to absorb the resistance into the New Republic fleet. Or know. are they looking to go like full Neville Chamberlain? There's that, or does it? does it completely fracture where suddenly it's everyone out for themselves and there really isn't a Republic anymore. Hmm. But yeah, I, I sense some good scenes between Carrie Fisher and vice Admiral Holdo. I would think Amy Lynn Holdo, the full name there. Hmm. And then next <laughs> you gotta be aware of any character named DJ. Benicio del Toro as himself. <laughs> yeah. He just has this totally like dirty scrungy look. Um. Yeah, he's he's only referred to as DJ apparently, which bring the sick beats. Lots of jokes about him being, you know, dark Jedi, uh, because of that. 
they're they're being a, very coy about this character. He's apparently a slicer. Mm, no, I think the rumor is that uh, Justin Thoreau is a slicer. He might be too. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Thoreau is a slicer. Yeah, this is some some mysterious character. I kind of wonder if this is intentionally misleading, where he's going to seem like this dirty homeless man, but he's actually the reverse you know um or or is the is it a double blind or it's like you think he's going to secretly be revealed to be important but he's, but he's not yeah. yeah i don't know but they're being very coy about this character seemingly important to the plot so they don't want to say much about him yeah hmm. the shifty dj is how they describe him uh then we could of course kylo ren waving that lightsaber around in yeah in a weird action pose like i know i saw and there's like a little video that went with this Mm -hmm. where it kind of showed behind the scenes of this shoot and he's kind of like waving it all over the place so i guess that like that was just like part of his moves and they just like took that photo he's definitely in action that's why it looks so funny just to take an hd still image out of this range of motion yeah um i mean i'm glad that Presumably, I guess he's just going to operate minus the mask in the movie. But I'm glad that they, they they keep relatively the same outfit, like slightly different cape, I guess. You know, but same lightsaber. I, I always hate when when things just change needlessly each movie for the sake of like new toys, new or toys, new whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure there will be a new toy with like Kylo Ren with Scar and whatnot. But yeah, I'm guessing he's not going to wear his mask or his helmet much in this, because hmm. um, he's found a more frightening mask. Yeah, and I think he's he's in some ways rejecting that in, initial persona, I think, is what we're going to see. Because, uh, you know, there's that shot in the trailer, the mask being destroyed or the, the helmet being destroyed. Um, so I, I think he's coming into himself as his own character. So we're going to see less of the helmet. Yeah, I mean, that could have gotten destroyed in one of his temper tantrums. Plus, you know, he's confronted a parent with who he really is here. So that secret's out. He's not necessarily hiding his little whatever anymore. And we got the, just the bad guy shot with uh, Hux there. I feel like his hair and sideburns are even more extreme in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The kind of ran, he's a little bit of a Vader cape, I guess. I know uh, a while back, like when the rumors were first out about his new look, people are like, he's wearing Darth Vader's cape. And it's like maybe he's wearing a cape that kind of looks like Darth Vader's cape. It's not actually Darth Vader's cape. It's a black cape. Yeah, it's just a black cape. Maybe he's wearing Batman's cape. Geeks. Uh, and he's also manspreading. Oh yeah. Nice Kylo Ren. Uh I got very interestingly, we have um Phasma. Phasma with her helmet off. Yeah. Which apparently I think they said somewhere that like she will have her helmet off in the movie. She may or may not look exactly like this. Hmm. Which is curious. I don't know if she'll have like scarring or something um it seems like a new cape too am i no i think it's the same cape is it the same cape okay it's hard to tell because it always had that little red flourish with it okay i guess it seems longer to me but oh that part i don't know maybe um but yeah she's got like this weird spear thing which is pretty cool i think it'll be cool like this character needs a lot of work i think Mm -hmm. like there wasn't a whole lot there and I don't, it still doesn't make any sense for her to drop the shields when she did. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm just I'm so fascinated by this character 
maybe because it ties into the usual Star Wars thing where it's like, oh my God, this person wears a mask and they never take it off. They're so mysterious. But also, I just love any character who's like, hey, uh, with my promotion, I want my outfit to be all chrome, mm-hmm. including my gun. Yeah. <laughs> now she has a chrome spear. Yeah. I wonder if that will electrify itself so it can like fight lightsaber blades or not. Hmm. I kind of, I, I still feel like Hux isn't going to last very long in this next movie. I think we're ready for, for him to go. They got to lose some villains, yeah. Although, I don't know, depending on where they go with Kylo, they might need some other Imperial bad guys around, you know. Well, isn't isn't the um, the rumor that they were going to see, like, the Emperor's old, like, red Imperial guards, but, like, they the ones who work for Snoke now? Snoke has his own guard or something who may or may not also be the Knights of Ren. The coolest non-already established thing in that Battlefront trailer was like the the red dude with like the hologram face. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool. That was cool, yeah. I like that they, they're keeping the same saber design. Yeah. I, I think that's a good iconic look for him. And it it really almost marks him as like like a weird uh, like Crusader Knight or something, you know, with the... Mm-hmm. The what do you call those things? Um, what's the name for those on the hilt? I'm totally drawing a blank right now. The thing on the hilt, pillions or pinions? Oh, or? Uh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The yeah. the cross guard thing. Yeah. yeah, the cross guard. Um, the word Quillions. that we all Quillions, I think, is the, the word that we all learned mm-hmm. based on this thing and a thousand YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, like again, continuing his like, what if the Templars were like pouty assholes or mm-hmm. more so than usual? And then, uh, let's see, do we have any more? No, I think that's it that's as far it. as the Vanity Fair stuff goes. Um, looks very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the behind-the-scenes video was neat to see. You can actually see them on... It's it's tricky, though. It's like, are these actual shots, or are they just, like, bring out Annie Leibovitz to do her thing, and they just, like, use whatever sets were around? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, uh, I guess... Like the Daniel Craig, Tom Hardy will have a cameo as a stormtrooper. That's the rumor. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Have you have you like heard the whole rumor about it? No, no. I mean, I don't know if that's gonna happen or not, so I don't know how much of a spoiler it is. Um I'll just go ahead and say it. The the supposed rumor is that it's something where his stormtrooper character runs into Finn. Mm-hmm. And like they've, he's been told like the Oh, he's a traitor? No, they've been told that like Finn is actually undercover or something. Oh. And that it was all some sort of intelligence ploy, like like to cover it up or something like that. And so he's like like, Oh, Finn, you're awesome. And he like I think the rumors that he like slaps Finn on the ass or something weird like that. Like yes. I don't know. I can see that happening. All of that. I want all of that. Mm-hmm. I want Bane voice and ass slaps. Yeah. <laughs> and then Poe show up and slap him on the ass. Now we're cooking. Definitely. All right. Well, I think we covered most of the new stuff that we had to talk about. What is it? June? Six months, right? Yeah. yeah. Six months ago. I I would guess if if not October, like if they if they're following the Rogue One marketing path, we'll get another trailer somewhere between like August, like July to August, I would guess. I mean, yeah. there's there's the inevitable like like sizzle reel, like behind the scenes footage one that we might get at like the D3 thing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we got another trailer before October. Like, cause I feel like the reception of this trailer was like, Oh cool. 
but not it didn't have that like holy shit break the internet vibe that uh like the force awakens trailers had Mm -hmm. so i feel like if i was lucasfilm marketing i'd be like we definitely want to make sure we get another like trailer to hype people up somewhere in there yeah give a little bit more away and then episode nine films in january yeah which sounds about right yeah and supposedly comes out in may of the year after I mean, they they do a much better job than movies used to do for how quickly they churn out. Yeah, I mean, Lucas definitely probably took longer than he needed to on those uh, doing the effects. I still don't, I don't know. I know May is like a Star Wars thing, but, you know, like it's the original releases, but I like the holiday releases. Yeah, like, I feel like if I were them, I would just, like I would, Disney would just be like, Star Wars owns Christmas now. Like everybody else back to fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. And we're in there with the Oscar bait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and he just makes so much money because there's like nothing coming out for a couple months to challenge it, even, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. So that is where we're at. We'll probably be back, I don't know, a month or two. We'll see if we get some more Star Wars news, another trailer, or Sizzle Reel, or something like that to watch. Mm hmm. Until then, may the force be with you. Always. Always.